Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K-State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Boy, it's uh, it's been a few days that we've had a uh, a quiet football slash men's basketball day here in the Little Apple. There we go. Uh, when I say quiet, I'm not talking about like there's nothing going on. Like, yeah. good things aren't brewing. Listen, good things are brewing. Right. Recruiting has really picked back up. Blake Barnett, who is the quarterback commit for this year's class, taking a picture earlier today with Taylor Bratt. He can't wait to be a cat. That's great news. I know some feared out there that maybe AM might be once again trying to pull a fast one and, yeah. and uh, steal another uh, steal another cat. No, not not happening. I'm just saying, like, a major breaking news. Yeah. It's been a quiet day. I just hope you just didn't jinx it right there. No, I think we're okay. I think we're cool. We're cool. Once you make it to about 4 o'clock, it's fine. I, I don't know, man. I worry about that 5 o'clock news dump. Oof. Well, here we go. But it's not Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Outside of, though, football and men's basketball, I did want to lead it off some really cool news here. K-State senior from the volleyball team. Mm-hmm. Aaliyah Carter was named All-America Honorable Mention by the AVCA today. Awesome. Congratulations mm. to Aaliyah Carter playing for a K-State volleyball team that should have been in the NCAA tournament this year. They were snuffed like the baseball team because RPI once again costing the Cats a seat in the dance under first-year head coach Jason Mansfield. But if you hadn't heard the great news yet... Aaliyah Carter, for her last year of eligibility, will be returning next year to play volleyball for K-State. Very nice. Welcome to the game. I am Mitch Fortner with Troy Coverdale, David G. Travion Berkland wearing a Metallica shirt today. <laughs> Is this a new shirt, Trey? I know he's working right now. Yep. Dynamite dropping. I like that. Was this from the concert in St. Louis? Yes. What did it cost? Uh, like 40 like any other shirt. At a concert, I I thought that Metallica would you know, you know, like just a little more, like sixty bucks. I always expect that. There was actually a video going viral ish the last couple of days. It was a lead singer of a of a hard rock band, I believe, called Falling in Reverse. Uh-huh. Called out the venue that they were performing at because that venue wanted twenty five percent of their merch, Jeez. as in the money yeah. they re- they they generated. And I'm like. 
is this not a thing previous to falling in reverse, getting, you know, their money basically, you know, getting into a uh, kind of going into the back and forth of how much the venue is going to get from the revenue they yeah. get or, you know, sometimes they get sometimes bands get money from the door. This is not a two way street or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's interesting. Who who's running that venue? The, the Sopranos? Like, what is going on? Twenty five percent seems like quite a bit, man. I think since a lot of people like they're trying to cut down on a lot of the convenience fees and stuff with tickets recently, that venues are trying to find ways. That, to that's get money. their way of doing it. Yeah, of course, just Robert. go after the band like yeah, everybody else does. Yeah, By yeah. the way, I'm pretty sure it's Devito's agent that's in charge. <laughs> Speaking of the Sopranos, <laughs> uh, we got a busy get, we got a busy show today. Hour number two. Want to talk more Naquan Tomlin now moving on. It's going to be an interesting conversation because you know the coaching staff has looked at it as is like Naquan Tomlin's out with a season any injury. As fans, I never looked at it that way. No. You know, we always kind of down the road expect it. All right, when Tomlin comes back, K-State's going to be able to do this, this, and this. Now we're moving on without him. Uh, meanwhile, we'll uh, we'll talk about an interesting ruling earlier today by, uh, by a judge in West Virginia on transfers looking to uh, move on for the second time that didn't graduate. Very interesting ruling. Hour number one will be, voice, be joined by the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis. Guys, it's Wednesday. You know what that means. AEW Dynamite tonight from College Park Center in Arlington, Texas. It is the Winter is Coming annual event. Kevin Von Erich will be in attendance. Now, Ooh. Von Erich is from the famous wrestling Von Erich family. It's a very tragic story on most of the brothers and the dad. Kevin is the only brother still alive that didn't pass away very tragically. Um, he's in his 60s now. I got a feeling they're there to promote the Iron Claw movie. Yeah, yeah. Which is the biopic. It has Zac Efron in it. Mm. Um, it has Lip from Shameless. He's also one of the Von Erich brothers. Yeah. Apparently, it is really good. And now critics are saying that Zac Efron should be nominated for an Academy Award Whoa. for his performance Dude, in that movie. Good. That also means we're joined by Derek Young from K-State Online. You know, we learned about this, uh, what was this, earlier today? Or yesterday, we found out that uh, Big 12 Football Media Days, moving for two years from Arlington, Texas, to Las Vegas. I know DY is a big Las Vegas guy. Are you pumped up about heading to Vegas for back-to-back summers? You know, not necessarily just because I was just there. It's like, it's not really a place that I feel like I have to go every year. And it's easier to get to Dallas. Maybe I'm just becoming a grumpy old man, but you know, you could drive, it's a drivable distance. Or if you fly, you can get a direct flight out of Manhattan. That's just always been an easy trip and you know where everything is. Um, Obviously a lot of the landmarks, you know, in Las Vegas. I don't know. I wasn't necessarily thrilled about it. I don't necessarily also think that it was just about, a time conflict with something else. I think because you've seen the Big 12 extend the Big 12 football championship to, in Dallas for you know another several years, and the same thing with the basketball tournament in Kansas City for another several years, that this was more so throwing a bone to some of the new members that uh, are in that part of the country just because 
if they don't get the championships, maybe we'll just throw them media day. Brett McMurphy said there was a scheduling conflict. I look at I looked at AT&T Stadium's website and they do have like two open weeks there in July that it could easily take place. Maybe the only yeah. thing in a way is a Wade Bowen concert. The one thing, though, is that you do have the Major League Baseball All-Star Game taking place next year, 2024, oh. on the 16th. And so the festivities around that at Globe Life Field are beginning on the 14th. Listen, Media Day is not going to take up that much parking. And, and it's also, yeah, it's not going to take up that much parking. It's also not in Globe Life Field. Yeah. Just I'm just a little down the road. I'm, I'm just Couple steps. You never know how the city I, reacts I on just, stuff like that. I just, I just think it was a convenient excuse to throw the bone to schools like BYU and Utah. When you saw the sphere in Vegas in person, was it really cool? Uh, I'm sure. I don't know. It's not my <laughs> thing. It's not my thing. I don't. And to be honest, I think Vegas has kind of lost its luster, especially to me. Like I like sports gambling. But now I can do it on my phone in my apartment. I don't have to go to Las Vegas to do it. DY's review on the Grand Canyon. It was all right. Uh, just a big okay. hole in the ground. Uh, it wasn't as big as I thought it would be. <laughs> <laughs> all right, DY. So you're actually our, our first guest that we've had on that I'm going to bring up the topic of Naquan Tomlin. Even with Mason oh. on last week. Um, we, we didn't bring it up. It was very fresh, and I understand it was something we had to tiptoe around extremely. Just, just, just couldn't trust anyone else to tackle it. <laughs> other than me. I believe it. Well, and I know you have uh, you have commented already on this, so it's not the first rodeo you've had uh, with this very topic. Naquan Tomlin, of course, no longer with the team. He was dismissed last week, less than a week now, after um, he is now going to be a Memphis Tiger. Um, after you know, all of the info you've gathered, and I know we don't know every fact about what has taken place, but would you say that it was justified Naquan Tomlin was kicked off the team? I can't say that one way or the other. Uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, if anyone's like read anything I've written about the subject or listened to anything that I've said about the subject on plethora of shows that I've now appeared on and, and, discuss the matter it's that i'm i'm i fully know that there's things that i probably don't know that you don't know that none of us know right that's part of like reporting and covering something especially that's as delicate as this is you have to realize and understand there's probably plenty of things you don't know you don't know what you don't know so i've never really been critical of the outcome one way or another there's parts of it that don't really align um in my head uh, based on everything that we know and how things unfolded, the timeline doesn't make sense. So that's really, for me, that's why I've only been critical of the leadership that was displayed at the highest level from the university and the process in general. You could just tell that it was a failure and not everyone was aligned and it hasn't been handled. well. I mean, you guys know this. If you have to distribute more than one statement about something you've probably messed up and how many were well, there are three right mm-hmm. uh, if you count the jerome tang video there were three and and from all three different people right so mm-hmm. people that are vowing that these guys are in concert with one another if they were they wouldn't have to give three different statements okay so 
now that that's you know that this has been taken care of the Naquan Tomlin stuff, he has graduated. He's now on to Memphis. He is immediately eligible. You know, I mentioned this in the open that it's kind of a funny question to ask of how you think K State will do without Naquan Tomlin because he hasn't been playing with the team all year. Although he may have been practicing, I'm not sure about that. But your thoughts on K State hoops now that Naquan Tomlin is no longer in the equation because as fans and as members of the media, we've all expected that sooner or later he was going to come back. Absolutely, uh, until the you know the last 48 hours before where. It- Seemed like it wasn't going to go in a good direction. You always thought there was probably at some point where he was going to be welcomed back uh, on the court for Kansas State, and obviously that's not the case anymore. So I guess in a way that would kneecap what you would view as the upside and potential of his team because he's a great player. At the same time, this team showed me a lot more in the last week and a half than I probably thought was going to be the case at this point in the season because – really not that far removed from them having to escape in overtime by the skin of their teeth against North Alabama. But it's almost like maybe this situation galvanized this team because, look, it's almost like a feel for me. So it's probably hard for me to put into words, and I just tried to honor KSO show with Mason as well. But in the last week and a half, and, and probably it's been contributed by the distractions and, and the, the adversity that they've been through, it just seems like they like playing together a lot more than they did previous to that. They've really come together as a team and support of one another, liking to be around one another, loving to play with one another, um, just starting to probably be very, very comfortable with what the coaches want from them, what spots they're supposed to be in and when and where and, and all that. And also probably because of everything that's happened, it seems like that can – Last year's team had such a strong connection to the fan base. There was a, a very mutual love there that you just I haven't seen or felt, you know, in, in college athletes before between a, a team and its fan base. And it felt like that started to, you know, be fostered again in this past week and a half. So I am starting to be very, very high on this team. And one thing I'll say is Last year, they had two All-Americans, and they're not going to have two All-Americans this season. That's how good Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson were. But last year didn't have three guys that could get 20 points on any given night. Mm -hmm. Now, they had two guys that were probably two of the six to eight best basketball players in college basketball. But this year, they have three guys right now, and and maybe it could have been four if it was Naquan Tomlin. It made them even more dangerous. But they have three guys that can score 20 points on any given night between Tyler Perry Arthur Kaluma and Cam Carter. For whatever you think about this team, there's not a lot of college basketball teams in the country that have three guys capable of scoring 20 points on any given night. Didn't Desi Sills have a 20-plus point performance the home game against KU? Yeah, he did. He had one against KU, but that wasn't a guy where you could say on any night was going to probably pop off for 20. Like Cam Carter, Tyler Perry, Arthur Kaluma. Every time they step on a basketball court, they're a threat to score 20. Yeah. All I was going to say was, uh, I think, although what you just said is absolutely true, Desi's 20-plus point game against KU might have been my favorite 20-plus point performance of the season uh, just by by watching him celebrate every time he made a play. Um, The showboating of Desi Sills I'm going to really miss. One thing about Naquan, what I'm going to miss about him, his dunking. One of my favorite dunkers in a a K-State uniform. All right, D.Y., let's take a break. When we come back, we got a lot of football to talk about. 
So let's get to uh, K-State football moving forward towards the bowl game with Transfer Portal recruiting offensive coordinator. It's coming up next with D.Y. on the game. So the NFL playing a game in Brazil next year. You're just giving Brett Yormark more ideas. That's right. And what, did they just throw a dart at the map? <laughs> uh, Antarctica, go again, go again, go again. I, I, listen, if they can get into a stadium in the capital where you have a view of, or I shouldn't say in the capital, in Rio de Janeiro where you have a view of Jesus yeah, that'd be statue, awesome. I mean, talk about putting competition for Notre Dame in the book right there. Well, wasn't it for touchdown Jesus? Was it the World Cup in Brazil that they did not sell alcohol? That was uh, Dubai, right? Dubai. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, they don't but sell I, alcohol, period. Oh, that's yeah. right. Like, they, in Brazil, yeah. Be, yeah. And people were super heated because they were like, you guys are going crazy. We can have you drunk and crazy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If anybody would know, it's D.Y. He's a big soccer guy. We're back with Derek Young <laughs> from K-Center Line. Was it the World Cup in Brazil they weren't selling beer? The last one in Qatar, right? Well, yeah. We we mentioned that. But I, this was a while back, obviously. Oh, I don't know. But it was still, like, presented by Budweiser. Sure. That one was definitely in Qatar. That was, okay. Yeah, yeah, that okay. was definitely in Qatar. All right, we're back with uh, D.Y., K-State Online. All right, so as we transition to football, let's start with uh, – Offensive coordinator Colin Klein now heading to Texas A&M. I know the word out there is that Connor Riley will step in and be the OC for the bowl game. I'm sure Kleiman will confirm that on Friday. What do you know about this situation? I call it a situation, just the storyline, I guess. I mean, is the feel that will there will they be going after, I guess, a full-time hire outside of the program? No, assuming no hiccups during this. You know, the few weeks of bowl preparation and then the bowl game itself, I would think that, that this is probably a sign of what's to come in terms of uh, the higher offense coordinator, I would say. Now, you know, it kind of unfolded similarly with Colin Klein. I think the idea would be the same with uh, Connor Riley. Okay, interesting, because he's he's hasn't been an offensive coordinator. I think just a running game coordinator. Is that right? Do you know? Yeah, that is correct. Okay. Um, but he worked very, very closely with Colin Klein. So, right. Um, not too far from it. Now, I would muster a guess that saying it's a little bit more difficult to be an offensive line coach and offensive coordinator, but I'm sure they'll make it work in some some way. All right. Very interesting. We'll see what kind of uh, debut Connor Riley makes in the Pop Tarts poll on December 28th as a uh, call in the place, offensive coordinator for the Cats. The Kobe Savage news of him jumping into the transfer portal, there haven't been too many surprises to me of who's jumped into the portal it's a little bit of a bigger number than most power five programs but was kobe savage a big surprise to you yeah it was a big surprise so was uh, i think the ones that caught me by surprise are probably the ones that caught the you know the the coaching staff by surprise and it was kobe savage uh and nate matlack was another one um that they probably weren't 
envisioning or anticipating go to um, not to cast any aspersions here that and that, but some of these ones that completely stun you, especially when they're so abrupt, you got to think like a couple days before Kobe Savage does that. And, you know, his dad's talking about, you know, recruiting other guys to Kansas state True, yeah. and a week or two before he does that, he doesn't even walk in the final game against Iowa state and not even recognized on senior night because he told everyone that would listen that he was going to return to Kansas state for one more season. So he would just be recognized at senior night at that time. So very abrupt, uh, Nate Matlack, kind of a similar thing, right? Maybe not as much on the Matlack front, but when it unfolds this way, so abrupt out of nowhere, um, and in rapid fashion, you, you do start to wonder about the tampering. And it's, I think, every year with every new year, and maybe the, we'll have a, a a point of recorrection at some point. But so far, we're still in this where it's escalating, I would say, in terms of tampering. Yeah, no doubt about a full feel about it. Tampering, it, it turned into a big NIL opportunity for Kobe Savage to go elsewhere. I'm with you on that, D.Y. All right, so now looking forward, of course, K-State right now in the in the middle of doing a lot of recruiting, going all over the place um, to go after some recruits for this upcoming class, which right now stands at 13 with one transfer. And we learned yesterday it's Easton Kilty transferring from North Dakota, interior offensive line, one of the best in the portal right now. And then a uh, a lot, or I'm sorry, a wide receiver, a four-star wide receiver in Trey Davis, committed to K State for the class of 2024, which had one of the more edge of your seat commitments because he was grabbing every hat, putting it on, sending it back down, hat on for a while, set it back down, and then made the announcement that it's going to be K State. So some good news, Dy. It sounds like uh, with this latest two commitments for K State. What do you like about these two guys? Yeah, that 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 style makes me cringe a little bit, but I'll I'll, I'll accept it. Um, four star wide receiver, you're not going to turn those away. Now, according to just the on three rankings, not necessarily any other service, but Kansas State is two four star wide receiver commits now, and Jaquez Bradley Demps and Trey Davis both from the Lone Star State. You had an Easton Kilty, like you said, one of the best offensive linemen in the transfer portal. I don't know if it's on three; it might have been, but uh, one of the services that that does the ranking of the transfer portal stuff, and I do. Take transfer portal rankings with probably even a bit more of a grain of salt just because you're talking about evaluating, in some cases, guys that have never played. Um, and that's why they're in the portal to begin with. But he was viewed. But this guy has. But, you know, just to clarify, has played a lot of football. He was a three-year starter in North Dakota, um, or just one of the best in the FCS. That was probably where the connections come from, um, being in that part of the college football universe, being in that part of the country where this Kansas State staff clearly has deep connections. But – you know, number two offensive tackle in the portal, I think, by some some of the services. So you're, you're talking about a guy that's going to be able to step in right away and, and hopefully be a major contributor for the Wildcats a year from now and in a position of need because, you know, you are likely having Taylor Portier come back and you do get Hadley Panzer back. But everybody other every other offensive lineman, um, I guess aside from maybe Carver Wills as well, but every all the other offensive linemen that played a lot of football for Kansas State are going to be gone. Like Cooper Beebe is obviously going to go on to the NFL, and and Christian Duffy's graduating, KT Leviston's graduating, um, Hayden Gillum Center's graduating. So offensive yeah. line was definitely something that needed to be addressed. 
Now I know there's you know there recruits coming to town soon. There's some to watch for. This class is obviously going to continue to grow. But just considering what K State has done so far, I mean, how would you grade out K State's work for the class of 2024 so far? In- incomplete. I think they miscalculated probably on spots. You know because I think they were envisioning signing a pretty small class. I think that class is going to probably be larger in size, maybe not on the high school ranks, but in general than what they were envisioning at one point. But some of that's just because of the college football landscape now, and maybe you got to plan for that ahead of time anymore. You're talking about, you know, quite a few guys that have entered the portal. Some you, you kind of encourage or nudge out the door and I get that. But some of it's like we said, some of those were the surprises like a Kobe Savage, and it ain't Matt Lack. Maybe Brendan Mott moving forward, too. That's another guy to keep an eye on that, that could eventually jump in it, too. And if that's the case, then you're down your top four defensive ends from this last year because we don't expect Cody Stuffelbean or Khalid Duke to be back. And Cody Stuffelbean's just going to – he's probably done with college football at this point. He's already graduated, married, and Khalid Duke's going to take the NFL try. So I, I I think it's incomplete. I think they can do very well. I think they're off to a hot start in, in terms of – you know, backfilling what they have lost. Um, but we'll see how it continues to unfold. You like, you have, I think, six high school commits that are labeled as a four star prospect by at least one of the four recruiting services, mm-hmm. which is pretty impressive. Um, and now you'll see them probably attack the junior college market and the transfer portal pretty hard in this next month. Anybody in particular here in the very near future that K State is looking to land? Yeah, the, the, I would say for this weekend, there's going to be a big concentration of wide receivers. I think they know that they need to address that spot as well. They already lost RJ Garcia to the transfer portal. Um, Seth Porter and Phillip Brooks are graduating. So, you know, you need to give your buddies, you know, some help. You know, it can't be just Keegan Johnson. It can't be just Jace Brown. Uh, Jaden Jackson might stick around and be that, you know, you know, contributor in the way he was this year in spots. Um, but that's not going to be enough. So some wide receivers are probably going to keep in mind, you know, defensive line is still a position where they need to address. Like I said, you're going to lose your top four defensive ends. Now they might move Javon Banks to defensive end. That means you need a nose guard. Um, they had a defensive lineman from Butler Community College visit last week and Malcolm Alcorn Crowder that they hope to close on. And I think they're going to have another couple of defensive linemen uh, from both the junior college market and the transfer portal be on campus this weekend. So I would say you get you maybe you rectified one sideline of scrimmage at offensive line by adding Easton Kelty. I don't know if they'll add a second, but then you went and got the defensive. Now you got to do the same with the defensive line, both on the interior and on the edge. They have a linebacker, Northern Iowa transfer that'll be visiting this week, and Josiah Galvin. Um, the Chris Kleiman's already went and saw, you know, in Cedar Falls. So th- those are those are things that immediately come to my mind is more position. So like they got, they got to, they, they did what they needed to do at offensive line. Now they got to do the same thing at wide receiver, defensive line. I guess they feel like if they needed a linebacker, it kind of shocked me a little bit, um, but they'll probably need a, another defensive back as well. Do we know Uso? Has he made a decision? Uh, I don't know if anything's been announced, but I, I absolutely believe he'll be back. Interesting to see if he walks again, if he does come back, I had to uh, announce, of course, his hometown in Hawaii, kind of on the fly during uh, senior day, and one of the biggest professional challenges I've ever had in my life. And I'm a lot better with my uh, my pronunciations uh, these days. These days, all right, uh, Dy, that'll wrap it up. Appreciate your time. We'll be talking to you next week. All right, yeah, I'll be here. 
All right, that's Derek Young from KCN Online. Not just from KCN Online, the Three Mall Podcast, and of course, co-host on PowerCat Game Day. And of course, our next PowerCat Game Day will be at 12.30 on December 28th for the Pop-Tarts Bowl. Can't wait. I mean, just to see the starting lineups. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm very interested to see what the uh, yeah right. the depth charts is going to like. I mean, we'll have an idea for K-State, more NC State. They have literally the best defensive player in the nation uh, on that team that doesn't look like he's going to be opting out. At least he hasn't decided to yet. But I tell you what, Troy and I, this bowl, when we go down to Orlando for the bowl trip, we're going to have a ton of coverage for you <laughs> with – Reports during the morning shows on Cayman and K-Rock. Afternoon updates. We got the pep rally on uh, that Wednesday. We're going to have a three-hour show from the pep rally on that Wednesday, the day before the the uh, the Pop-Tarts Bowl. It's going to be it's going to be fun. Have we talked about the flavors of Pop-Tarts you guys are into? Um, I'm not into Pop-Tarts. I was going to say, I don't remember the last time I ate a Pop-Tart. Oh, my God. Get on the bus dude get on the thing the I'm ball fi- i'm 52 years old i can't remember the last time you need, i ate you need a pop tart i was gonna say it's not gonna be a cinnamon okay, oh heck it's not no be a cinnamon pop tart it's gonna be a s'mores pop tart kind of week baby there you I, go i'm dying to know what the edible mascot pop tart's gonna be no when, doubt when case wins the game what they're gonna I, be munching on man i was afraid he was going somewhere else with edible I, yeah hey, i can't wait to get some edibles down there and get super high and do the show not sure it's legal down there it's florida <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. They're like, ah, whatever. All right, we got to take a break. When we come back, Voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis. Been a rough last couple of weeks for Kansas City. We'll talk with the voice when we come back on the game. You're home for K-State sports. We're going to accomplish great things together, and it's not going to take long. It is not going to take long. I didn't come to rebuild, right? Came to elevate. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. We're back in the game. Mitch, Troy, David, and Travion. Kansas City Chiefs now 8-5. and five. They fall on Sunday to the Buffalo Bills by the final score of 20-17. to 17. Kansas City has now lost three of their last four games. We're now pleased to be joined by the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis. Mitch, great to have you back on the show. You know, going back to the, the Green Bay game, I, I, I left the, um, the Manhattan football banquet, and I didn't hear you on air. And I was like, what the heck is going on? We heard you're under the weather. Are you doing better now? Oh, I think so. Way better. Wait a minute. How many do we have? Four guys on this show right now? Three three of us are the talking heads and Travion's in the control room. So you know how that goes. Right. So that would make four. I'm a fifth. We have a team. (laughs) (laughs) Let's suit up. We get get Tang to coach us. We we might scare somebody. But... uh, yeah, no, it was it was very strange. Forty three years of being in the business, uh, thirty years in the National Football League, five hundred three consecutive regular season games, and you throw in another I don't know one hundred twenty preseason games, and then to have a miss was weird. But I it was Friday morning at about four thirty in the morning. I uh, got hit like a double A gap blitz and uh, uh, tested positive. 
uh, for COVID at symptoms, so I'm not going to get on a plane. Uh, we were trying to figure out uh, ways to do it 2020 style, maybe fiber a direct feed to me, and I was going to be in a little truck outside of Channel 41, and then that didn't work. So finally we surrendered Friday night, and I realized that the streak was going to end. But, yeah, doing much better now. Paxlovid's a good thing. Uh, but, yeah, I was able to do the Buffalo game and do all of the other 25 shows that I do every week. Here we are. Got to figure it out. Headed to New England. Well, I'm glad to hear you're doing better, and I'm just looking around at all the boys here in the uh, in the studio. Mitch, I'm afraid we just have a bunch of point guards here with this size. Uh, 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 now, listen, I can set some some screens. Yeah. So, and I'm coachable. So, you, whatever they need me to do. Well, Mitch. Well, if we got a screen setter and you're coachable, then I'll put it up. So, <laughs> give me the ball. Yeah. Give me the rock. Well. Uh, Obviously, the big storyline out of the Buffalo Bills game was the offensive offsides. I mean, when we could be talking X's and O's about the last handful of games, this is completely stolen headlines, not just in our area, but across the country. Everybody's been talking about Kadarius Toney being offsides on the the go-ahead touchdown play, which he got the catch, the lateral from Travis Kelsey and ran it in. Hell of a play, really was. First of all, you mentioned all the years you've been doing this. How many times have you seen an offensive offsides call? Ooh, uh, not often, less than a handful of times. It was the correct call, and obviously uh, Kadarius had lined up offside other times. What, what's? And I'm, I'm reluctant to talk about officiating, but I'm going to talk about officiating uh, because I want to defend officials. And uh, But... The bad thing about the offside call, which was defensible by the officiating crew, was it overshadowed about seven other calls that were not. There's a misspotted punt where the back judge leaves his spot to go break up a fight, and they really don't know where to spot a punt that goes out of bounds by Buffalo in a critical time in the fourth quarter. They rule it's a fumble by Mahomes on a clear incompletion that forces Creed Humphrey to run 20 yards up the field where he could have been injured, turned it in a needless play. Uh, the neutral zone infraction against Chris Jones, like, what? What are we seeing there? It was, a, it was a rough night for that crew, which has had rough nights in the past. And the bad thing is, the one play everybody's talking about is their one defensible, controversial play. Uh, but I think with Pat, I guess they didn't mind it. It never works to complain about officiating after a game, even if it's an egregious call like the Saints-Rams game a couple years ago in the NFC Championship. Or, I mean, would you feel better if Pat came and lashed out after the MBS non-call in the Packer game, which yeah. probably decided that game? I think it was almost was glad Pat spoke out because he's the face of the league, and that's why it's getting so much attention with this latest deal. But if Pat's barking, he doesn't bark much. And if he's barking this loudly maybe the league will take notice and say, well, what what do we need to look at here if he's finally come out with uh, this much ritual in his discussion? Yeah, you brought up a thought there. I, I don't think I've ever seen Patrick Mahomes, even during his college days, ever being nowhere close to being that animated ever that, that I know of. Have you ever seen him very animated at all? Oh, yeah, but okay. it's behind the curtain. It's yeah. behind the curtain, and I don't mind it. The guy's a fierce competitor. Uh, it's just it's a it's a boil up of a lot of things. I think 
this season. Uh, but honestly, if he, you know, it may even be hearkening back to that MVS non-call or some other calls earlier this year. He, he's frustrated that Kelsey's getting held more than maybe Taylor Swift is by Kels. Because uh, other, other teams are basically biting, pinching, grabbing, and clawing on him, and he's trying to get you know that point across. But that seems to go on deaf ears and blind eyes. So uh, I just think it's path like enough's enough. Uh, we're heading into the crunch time here. You guys and gals need to pay a little bit of attention here to some things, whether it's us or anybody else. Have you seen T Swift in person yet? <laughs> no, I have not. Uh, well, I saw I saw uh, Tom Swift. He works down here at the Jiffy uh, uh, Loop. <laughs> you know, Tom's a good dude. He's just like, hey, you need you know, a little change. So, and I think there's Ted Swift that works for Briggs. Yeah. In service, uh, I think I saw Teddy. Uh, he's from Keats, so uh, yeah, that's the only T Swifts I know, really. We're speaking with the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis. I'm surprised because it feels like everything's so more relaxed about having Taylor Swift around. Everybody's so used to it by now. Oh, I know, and and I think I told you guys a couple weeks ago or four weeks ago that I'm. If all the Swifties are learning about football, I'm learning about all the Swiftiness. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like their own nation. <laughs> like their own continent. Like they can they can move the stock market if they want. Like there's the dude that tried to get the rights to all of her songs. Mm-hmm. I don't even know the guy's name. And then she's redoing every song she's ever made. And it's like, and you see it like on Sirius and you're like, no, this is the real, real Taylor Swift song. Like ignore... Elrod's uh, attempt to take her music, like, and they've like, I mean, Elrod's life's over. Like, I don't know where he's going to be because the Swifties do not make the Swifties mad. No. Or you will pay a very, very dear price. <laughs> That's a powerful group. All right, Mitch, looking ahead at this uh, next game for Kansas City. It was originally scheduled as a Monday nighter. It's been flexed to Sunday at noon at the New England Patriots. I mean, they have their own problems right now. I mean, Sound, you know, Bill Belichick is on his way out. Um, they're now to a backup quarterback, which is kind of funny. Kansas City has now turned into K-State. They're seeing backup quarterbacks the rest of the way. But what are your thoughts on the 3-10 and 10 Pats? Dangerous. And again, the 10 days to repair. The Buffalo Bills, you guys, had two weeks to prepare for the Chiefs. And I think, and not that it's an excuse, but if we're going to talk, talk analytics here, let's talk analytics. And one analytics. Oh, Mitch is in a tunnel. But their opponents, their opponents have 19 days to prepare for them. Uh, and the fact that the Packers had 10 days to prepare. The fact that uh, the Bills have two weeks to prepare. The Patriots have 10 weeks to prepare. This is a very good defense. We know the hoodie and Bill Belichick and Darth Vader and all that. But they're only giving up an average of 11 points a game over the past month. That gets your attention. And honestly, guys, Bailey Zappi is 3-1 and one and is an NFL starter. I'm kind of surprised they didn't go with him over Mac Jones to begin the year. Bailey Zappi's good enough to win this game Sunday. He was good enough to beat the Steelers. And there's something to his game, especially when he just is asked to throw checkdowns to Zeke Elliott or find Hunter Henry. And then, oh, maybe a little Juju Smith-Schuster. So... He's and enough for the Patriots to win the game. All right, Mitch, before I let you go, I want to ask a question about your Chiefs Kingdom show at 6 o'clock uh, on Monday nights. 
when you come on air, the place is going bananas. Are you the one pumping them up, or do you have somebody else doing it for you? Oh, we got all kinds of things going on. It's coming from all uh, ways, shapes, and sizes. Like the seats have even like a little rectal buzz that gives them the cue. Uh, <laughs> like we're twenty seconds to air, and they all just start going crazy. You guys need to come to the, make a field trip sometime. There needs to be a Cayman. Uh, bring Travion and the boys uh, for a field trip to a Cheese Kingdom show. It will change your life because you can sit out with Susie Blingling, Snowstorm Sandy, uh, Cindy Lou Who, uh, gosh, who else? Weird Wolf and Weird Wife. Uh, there's, you know, all the rest of the geeks. Uh, Casey Warrior. You guys, I'm, I'm telling you, there's life to live here that you guys don't even know about. So a field trip on a Monday night at 6 o'clock, a Cayman field trip. We need to think of a cool. I know, I know your new general manager; he'll pay for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. we got to think of a cool name now. The K Man Crazies. I don't know that. We'll, we'll workshop it, Mitch. But um, with that, yeah, we'll let you go. But thank you for your time. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. There may even be a rumor. I see Coach Tang tonight. Ooh, oh. what? Ooh. Talk, talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Mitch. Voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis. Quick break. We'll wrap up our one next. All right, coming up, it is bowl season here on K-Man. And we're getting back to something that I've wanted to do for a long time, and I'm very excited about it. We're going to be airing a bunch of bowl games here on K-Man, and it all starts Saturday. I'm going to let Troy tell you what to expect on Saturday here on K-Man. The Myrtle Beach Bowl begins things. 9.30 coverage, 10 o'clock kickoff on Saturday morning. Georgia Southern versus Ohio. Mm-hmm. The fighting Russ Eisenstein. <laughs> Sorry, old friend of mine. Uh, that night, this one's the fun one. The L.A. Bowl, hosted by Gronk. <laughs> Coverage at 6. He got his own bowl game. Kickoff at 6.30, UCLA versus Boise State. Ooh. And by my count, I believe we're going to be airing 19 bowl games. Right on. Here on Cayman. That does include the Pop-Tarts Bowl. And uh, I'm very excited to bring bowl games back to Cayman. We're going to have... Bowl game coverage, live bowl game coverage here on K-Man, including all three games of the college football playoff. Hour two of the game includes Jabroni of the Week and how K-State will work without Naquan Tomlin coming up next.